Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're at episode 121. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Awesome to have you here as always. And today we are going to be talking about creating content that converts. We're going to talk about what's working right now, what we're sort of seeing. And I have got marketing coach and mentor Annalise Warren on the podcast talking all things content. So I really enjoyed this chat. We talk about lots of different things. So I think that you're going to get a lot out of it as well. But listen, before we jump into this week's podcast, I want to do a little shout out to those who have left podcast reviews. So Lauren One left a review saying such a refreshing podcast and amazing content. Thank you, Lauren. And Beck from The Marketing Goddess, love listening to this podcast, gives me a good pep talk and motivation to focus on growing my biz. Thank you. You're now my walking buddy. I do love being people's walking buddies. Always a good thing. Take me for a walk. Um, You know, I'd love to hang out with you and your dog or you and your kids, whatever works for you. But but listen, I just wanted to say a big thanks uh, to those who subscribe and leave reviews and share the podcast on socials. It really does help me grow my audience to reach more women in business and to help more women build a confidently bold brand and a profitable business. So if you haven't left a review yet, I would love you to press pause, take a second and just write a quick review on whatever app you're on. Uh, because that helps other people find us and it also helps with my rankings as well, which means that they share it more. So that is the reason why. But without further ado, Let's just dive into this week's episode. Annalise, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you, Sue, so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Now, for those of my audience who don't know you, do you want to just give us a little bit of background on who you are and what your business is and how you got started? Sure. So yes, my name is Annalise. Um, I am a marketing mentor. So about three and a half years ago, I was managing a training company uh, in the, in Melbourne, in the city. And my husband and I are from the coast down Torquay Way. So we were moving back here and it's a two hour commute. We've got three little kids I didn't want to do it. I just, <laughs> I just. How I, old are they? So they are now, they are seven, five, two and a half, and I'm pregnant with the fourth. Wow. So, so end of the year, we'll have four little monkeys, <laughs> oh which we God. knew we wanted. We knew we wanted to grow the yeah. fam. And, and I just, I just didn't want to be two hours on the train, put them in daycare five days a week, two hours. Like I would have actually never seen them like that. Yeah. And that's not what I wanted. So we started a business. We started a marketing agency because that was my background. And it's an agency for tradies, um, home builders, because hubby, that's his area. And so he retrained as a web developer. Learned wow. Google ads, all that. I know. He's so what was trading. he doing with trades before? He's a carpenter. But he's oh, he just, is yeah. like he was on the tools. Yeah, but he's just a, you know, he's one of those 
chippies who likes who's I don't know you know he didn't he knew clever stuff at school but <laughs> jack of all trades as they say anyway yeah anyway, yes yeah. so now and we we wanted to own and build our own house which means that he had to be on the tools for us he couldn't be on the tools for someone else whereas we wanted something that would work around the kids that he could work nights um yeah so home builder <laughs> tradie marketing agency was what we came up with um and then that worked really, really well. So then a couple of years in, we had what we wanted, which was a successful business, both of us working from home. Um, and I started speaking to a lot of mums who wanted that. But knowing that um, agency rates aren't always achievable, especially when you're getting started, and if you just want an extra couple of grand a month, you know, coming in the door so you don't have to, you know, you can do what you want to do, then spending that, like, the numbers just don't add up. So I started mentoring mums in how to do their own marketing. And um, that's where that, now that's what I do primarily. The agency is still there, but I've got a business manager and that kind of runs itself. So my energy is in our marketing mentor program. So now it's not just mums, it's women who aren't mums, it's couples, it's men, it's, you know, whoever, small business owners, <laughs> <Love it. laughs> small business owners. Everybody needs it. Who, yeah, well, that was, that was the feedback was, you know, well, how come I can't join? I'm not a mom. I'm like, I guess you can, I guess you can. Um, so yeah, so that's what we do. That's what I do now is I run, um, the marketing mentor program, which gives small business owners access to the marketing agency team via zoom call. There's a call every day of the week and you can get help with your marketing. So we log into the back end of your Facebook account or your Google or your website or whatever it is that you're working on. And we tell you from our professional's perspective, what we would do, how to change it, help you walk through it. Yeah. Um, that's what I do and why. <laughs> awesome. That's so good. Yeah. And I think there's so many elements. I mean, we're going to be talking more today about content that converts and what's working and what to think about and those sorts of things. But super interesting that you have that many kids and you're running an agency and you've got the mentoring piece and all that of the things. Is. Yeah. All the things. Uh, and so I, I have a lot of people in my audience who are young mums who have got young kids. And I think that there is definitely, I guess a struggle is what I'd probably call it, or they feel like it's a bit of a struggle to manage their ambition as well as motherhood when you're raising a family, like they see all of these other people who are kind of like going streaks ahead of them or that's how they feel uh, and they want more time to put into their business but they also want to be present for their kids. And so how do you manage being an ambitious mum and having small children? Not always well, <laughs> honestly. But for me it did there's, there's different periods in the business where we might be launching um, something or we might, um, you know, be going through a growth period or advertising or whatever. And so then, yeah, I'm definitely going to be heavily weighted towards the business. But I, I learned pretty early that I had to, the business wasn't going to grow as quickly as someone who didn't have kids or who was working in the business full time. And it was really, really tempting because I love what I do to be working all the time, but I had to 
get myself back to that end in mind kind of why did we start this we started this so that we could spend the middle of the day at the beach if we wanted and not have to be somewhere and can get the kids up and you know like be with them and that meant that I didn't want to work five days a week eight hour days and that was okay and that just meant that things were going to go a little bit slower and to be okay with that because I think so often we can strive and we go oh but just when I am this much or when this happens I'll you know be happy or when and when and when and when like we're only building our house right we're two years in (laughs) and I keep going like when we're in our house but then I have to just pull back and go you know what we're actually living the perfect life now we're in the town we want to live yes three kids are sleeping in one room but that's okay um yeah but the kids (laughs) that's fun and that's the stuff you remember and you know they love it yeah usually Yeah. So like we're living in the town, we've got the business that we wanted, we've got the flexibility that we wanted, and it doesn't look exactly as good as it could be or what it will look like in a couple of years when we're in our house. It's not the perfect, you know, I haven't achieved all of my goals in the business yet, but the basic structure is, is what I wanted was I've got my flexibility. I've got my kids, I've got where we want to be and to, enjoy that process now and not try and you know push too hard on the business and sacrifice the other stuff because then the two-year-old will be five and I will have I will have missed it so for me I learned that early that okay just accept that these masterminds that I'm in with people who don't have kids at this age or have different priorities or you know don't have kids or whatever they're on a different journey and this is my journey and it's going to be slower and that's okay. And then just to have really strict boundaries around it, like literally have time blocks in the calendar that are color coded. Yeah. (laughs) And when it gets to that time where it goes from, you know, whatever color to family color, it's like, okay, like shutting everything off and to, to be really strict around that, which is hard when you love what you do. It's really, it's tricky. Yeah. And so do you have some help? Obviously we're in lockdown at the moment, but when you've got those work hours, is hubby looking like taking care of the kids and then you're taking care of kids when he's doing work? Like how does, how's the, how does the juggle work? So for us, we've got care three days a week, like daycare. Um, it was two until lockdown and <laughs> I increased it. Um, (laughs) so yeah so now three days a week my my little one and my my kinder kid he um are are in care and then around that I'm I'm mum so I've got the kids the other days but yeah hubby works from home or is at the block so we just juggle we just between us we're it's either kids or work or house that's kind of especially now in lockdown like that's our life (laughs) it's like groundhog day yeah yeah so that's yeah we juggle it around that and I think that's a nice balance for everyone the kids get their social time I get like work time yeah yeah I still get a few days a week with the kids weekends are pretty much spread out like yeah and then I work a lot with the US as well so then it works because it's different time zones. So I'll be on calls at 6am while they're still asleep or, you know, so. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's a conversation that I think a lot of uh, mums want to have and just understand like how to do that juggle. I think the boundaries are really important. Mm -hmm. And I think um, being able to stick to those boundaries, obviously they have to be flexible sometimes because life throws you curveballs. But um, but yeah, I think that that's great to be able to do that. Awesome. And so when it comes to the work that you're doing, what you're seeing in the market, and when it comes to content that's converting and working, what sort of things are you kind of seeing now? Right now... I think user-generated content is going crazy. Um, A lot of people, I mean, so many brands are having to move towards that because of what we're living through at the moment. Um, But for, for a lot of my clients, it comes back to really bringing it back to basics and, and thinking about that buyer journey again. Because I think we kind of, we get on with the day to day and we forget about that or we get so wrapped up in the product or our thing or like the program that we're running or whatever. And we forget back to, okay, what is that journey that people take from being, coming aware of me and what do they need to know and think and believe about me in order to fall in love with my product or service? And relating everything we do back to that, because I think then we, we talk about what we want to talk about and we talk about things that are expert level, like up here, expert level 10, whereas our customer is often kind of expert level two and that's where they're, that's where they're operating at and we want to be more advanced and innovative and, and, you know, and move on with things and not talk about the same thing 500, <laughs> 500 times all yeah. the time. But that's the stuff that so many people, so many of our our audience often need is, and I think a lot of people struggle with pulling it back, but that's the stuff that works. And that's the stuff that gets you people that fall in love with you and that follow you and become, you know, lifers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because like you said, because we can't do shoots and there's not like, you know, stores aren't open and that the user generated content is all that they can kind of tap into. And so have you seen any kind of, I guess, community driven content or communication to get users to generate more content for maybe brands that, you know, haven't done that as well in the past? Like are you seeing any movement there on how brands are shifting to get more out of their communities? In, in terms of what, in terms of their practicalities of actually making it happen, do you mean? Yeah. So I think that some brands do use generated content a lot better than other brands, but because like you said, we're in a very different state right now, you know, that's an opportunity, I guess, for, for brands who haven't done it as much in the past to do it so much more now. Yeah. Um, and even if I think about, you know, Gorman, which is a brand that I, you know, love and buy, I'm seeing them using or re-posting uh, a lot more of their customers' Mm-hmm. photos and running competitions yeah. to get people yeah. to um, take photos of themselves in there, you know, show us your Gorman hashtag yeah. and that, whereas they haven't really done that that much in the past. So it's definitely something I'm seeing more of in the last, you know, so, this year or few months. Yeah. So many are doing it. Yeah. So many. And the way that a lot of our clients, not a lot, a, a couple of our clients are starting to explore this <laughs> is with doing that, with competitions, with putting it out in the stories, going, send us your, you know, yourself in your, for example, Augie Eyewear is an optical brand for, for kids that we, that we work with. 
Um, and they, they do this, they do this really well. They do the, the call out for show us, you know, your, your orgy, show us your orgy eyewear. And then there's a giveaway every month. Once a month, they, someone gets a pair of, of frames and for them, it works really well because then people are seeing the eyewear on the, on the children, in the stories, on the, you know, and it's an easy way to get that then. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that's a really good tip as well for my listeners. If you are wanting your customers to share more, then give them an incentive or think about creative ways to be able to do that. Yeah. You definitely need to have fun with it and make it yours. And, and yes, the incentive part definitely helps because we are easily distracted and moving on to the next thing. <laughs> we like to be rewarded as well. Like, of you know, obviously do. you're going to get exposure to a bigger audience. You might win like a prize or a voucher or something like that. And yeah, absolutely. I think now's a really yeah. good time where people are like, sure, I want something yeah. fun. And, and it's yeah. fun seeing yourself on, you know, being like mini Insta celebrity for a day <laughs> or whatever. And then they'll share it with their friends. And then, so it's yeah. not just that you get the content, Yeah, you then get that, that pay it forward, you know, they, they're sharing it going, look, and they're putting, they're reposting it. And so their yeah. friends are seeing it. So it's just, yeah, it, yeah, it can snowball. So it's a really good, yeah, it's, it's really fun to see as well. I'm, I'm enjoying watching how it's developing. Yeah. Interesting. So good. And then when it comes to the buyer journey, is there anything like, what should we be thinking about or working on more now, maybe? I guess it depends what you're looking to achieve in your business. But I think a lot of people just find it helpful to really take it back to basics, which, like I said, we just don't, when we're moving on with our business and things are happening and things are busy, we don't take the time to take it back there and get back. Okay. Going, okay. From someone coming into the industry, what has their experience been? And for me in marketing, it's about thinking about what do I, what annoys me about the industry? What are other people doing that really bug me and how am I different and why, why do I stand for what I stand for? And then how do I communicate that to people coming in that think you know, have a certain perception around marketing or whatever your industry is, but so much, so many people started their business because there was something about the industry that they didn't love or they're doing it their way because they want to do it. You know, they can see how it can be done better. So there's something that you're passionate about. There's something that, that drives you that is different. And that's what we need to be communicating is how, yeah. What do people need to know about you and how, why is that the new better way of doing what you do. It's really hard to speak so generally. <laughs> do you have um, any specific examples of some of, of something you're doing or your clients are doing around this? So for example, in marketing, a lot of people come to us and they might've run Google ads and they don't have access to their Google ad account because the agency had it and it, they kept it in a, in a locked box and they don't own their own data. And it drives me insane because they've paid some cases like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on this data that the agency owns that they don't want to give away their strategy. So they don't want to do it. And our agency and the marketing mentor program obviously are the complete reverse of that. 
everything is yours. We'll teach you how to do it. We don't want to do it. Like <laughs> it's, it's yours. And, um, and we will explain our strategies and we are totally, you know, we want people to win. We're for small businesses. So in that way, we are totally different. So a lot of our content needs to be around that because people coming into the industry who want a marketer, especially tradies, they don't really want to think about their marketing. They only start thinking about marketing when the pipeline runs dry. And so then they're already resistant and we need to be communicating that. So in other industries, um, for example, we work with a, a florist and when I started working with her, she she told me about the, the flower industry, which I had no idea about. Like so many of our flowers come in from international, like come internationally, come from interstate. And and becoming aware of that and now realizing why we should buy Australian grown and why we should buy local. And I mean it's obvious once you say it, but for me, I was just yeah. buying flowers from the closest place that had pretty flowers, right? See, and- I wouldn't even think that flowers came internationally because they're so perishable, but that's really interesting. Yeah, and so that's why, you know, you cheap bunch of flowers last a week or a week and a half and then and they're done. And so a lot of her content is around educating people around the process of that and why she does things differently and where she sources things and and I think so many of our businesses now are related to slow fashion or slow living and sustainability and and educating people around what you think is really obvious. Like she knew that that was, she knew that she'd been, that had been her world. But for me, I'm still what, I'm in my thirties, been buying flowers for 15 years. <laughs> I had no idea. And it, there's likely things like that, that we aren't communicating to our audience. Again, we're up at expert level 10. We assume that the basic things are too basic, but it's the basic things a lot of the time that are like light bulb moments, aha things for our audience that they need to then have that connection with you and dive deeper into what you have to offer. Yeah. Awesome. And I do think that communicating your values is so important now. Like I think that a lot of people have always had values in their business, but things like sustainability and why you do it and what's really, you know, that it's ethical or, you know, around equality and um, advocacy or whatever it is that you really stand for. I think that that is so important, but also that differentiator, like what is it that makes you different? Um, and I think that when we do a lot of brand strategy work, um, that's mm. something that we really capitalize on as well. And I don't think people, I don't know, spend as much time on it as I they think don't. that they should, because that will be kind of the hook that gets people who might be looking at five different businesses that do the same thing talking about your differentiator um, and your values and why you're different can mean the difference between them choosing you and not choosing you, like you standing out as well. Especially more and more and, and with millennials, they are buying more and more based on values. And so we have to, but you're so right in that as business owners, we don't look at that as much or pay as much attention. And I think it's like, I, um, I was, I've been talking this week about, um, about habits and about, you know, healthy eating and hydration. And I think it's like one of those things that just kind of goes over your head. Like, yeah, of course, like 
it's it's too simple to be effective like you think that like no that's not the answer because it's you know moving my body 30 minutes a day is is too simple an answer to my problem and i think they think the same about that differentiation it's like no like my point of difference is too simple an answer to be the one thing that's going to make me stand out whereas it actually I'm not saying this very well, but you, you understand what, I, what I'm I get what getting. You, you yeah, understand yeah, yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's, it seems like the simple solution because it's the first thing that you do, but yeah. it, it is then everything needs to move around that because that's in a, in a super populated marketplace and more and more we're moving online. The barrier to entry is low that, we need to know what makes us different and we need to be different because there's going to be more and more of you. I mean, you can't see my, my, <laughs> that's my inverted hands. commas. Yeah. Inverted <laughs> commas. Yeah. There's going to be lots of yeah. marketing mentors. There's going to be yeah. lots of, you know, graphic designers and florists and there's going to be lots of people online. And so you need to be able to differentiate yourself. Yeah. and know what you stand for and speak really strongly about those things yeah. to, co- to be able to connect. Otherwise it's just, it's just noise. So yeah. I always say, my, my listeners will know, I always say, what is the hill that you're willing to die on? Like, what is that? What is that one big thing that you want to be known for that you want to talk about that, you know, that is your differentiator <laughs> that people are going to be like, she's for me because I believe what she believes and you know, what she says is exactly what I need and all the rest of it. So yeah, I'm a, you know, it's a little extreme, but you know, I kind of okay. like that one. <laughs> That's good. At least you're getting it. You're making it sink in then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your one big thing? Okay, cool. So we're talking about user-generated content, the buyer journey, um, and making sure that you're going back to basics, educating people around what your differentiator and your values are so that you stand out. What else do we need to be thinking about to make sure that our content is doing what we want it to do? Well, we need to be looking at what's actually working. And I think there's a real balance here between coming up with a strategy and then putting the blinkers on for a little while and actually outworking the strategy without getting distracted and looking at the next shiny object and what, you know, so-and-so is doing over there. But then when it's time, and that's going to look a little different depending on what we're doing, but like normally it's a couple of months down the road that we're going to be really analysing what's been working and what's not working. And so we sort of, you just said a couple of months down the road, like do you kind of have, is it is it three months? Is it like, do you have, we measure at a month, we measure at two months, we measure at three months. Like how do you look at what's working and what's not and, and how often are you looking at that? I think we'll probably, we'll be keeping an eye on it. I mean, doing a proper analysis every month. Yes, we're keeping an eye on it as we go, but we're not letting, you know, poor performance in that month or whatever that time period is distract us because it might just take a little bit of time. And it's hard to say because if you're doing a campaign or if you've got lots of budget behind it, like it's kind of hard to give an actual time frame, but Yes, at least once a month we want to be getting the numbers, but it's just feedback. It's not like we're not changing things up after a month most of the time. Yeah. Um, And we want to be really digging in and knowing what our numbers should be. And I think that 
again, a lot of the time we get busy, we just get on on this fast track of do of doing our thing. And we don't step back and, and have a look at, okay, this is getting us in terms of bang for buck. I think we do lots of busy work and not focusing on like that 20% that's actually moving the needle. And we do need that time as well to step back and, and be strategic and analyze and then, and then cast forward again. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that whole busy work. So many of my clients, we talk about this a lot, very busy being busy, but not actually understanding whether that busy work is moving them forward and getting them the results that they need as well. So I think that, yeah. And so how do, where do goals come in? Like, how do you look at sort of marketing and content goals? What should we be thinking about? I think you need to know what you want from the different elements and, and what to expect. So if you are running, if you've got a podcast, right, you have a podcast and then you've repurposed that in a few different ways, you've got it as a blog, then you're going to be having some metrics around that. So if you've got a podcast, maybe you want three consultations a week from that. Maybe you want like, how does that content actually relate then? How does that move people down the buyer journey? How does that move people down your funnel to be getting clients out of it because we're not just doing it to be fun we're not just yeah, for um, the love of it yeah like yeah we, I mean we're not running a business it's hard work and it's not a charity yeah. we need to get the results from it and we need to be able to tie everything that we're doing back to lead generation and sales because that is why we started our business for profit and for freedom right that's absolutely that's why we started it so everything that we're doing needs to point there and if we're not then we need to be outsourcing it or delegating it or deleting it um, in some capacity so when it comes to your goals have some metrics around everything that you are doing so this you know yeah podcasts I want three consultations of my consultations I want to land one of them which means a client a week which means x amount of revenue perfect you know everything's working and then it's all good creating the content, but then how do we actually distribute it? I think a lot of people spend so much time putting that blog post together, putting that video together, putting that, you know, podcast, whatever it is, but don't focus a lot on the distribution of that. Not as much time and effort goes into the distribution. Whereas to get the most out of it. Exactly. If you spend two hours on something and you're only putting it on Instagram, like, come on, with every, every place that you put that thing is another line in the water, is another way for someone to discover you and come into your ecosystem and be nurtured by all the other great stuff that you're doing and end up as one of those three consults. Yeah, so, absolutely. And I think you've obviously got to have those calls to action as well. But I mean, I had a podcast that went live yesterday. So that obviously goes out on all the podcast apps. Then my 
online business manager puts it on Facebook and then we do audiograms for Instagram and then it will be in Insta stories as well. And then we pin it to Pinterest and then we've written a blog post on it. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's <laughs> like, you know, like that, that takes time to do, but, um, but we've also set up, you know, where you can just kind of click and it goes to Pinterest and, you know, we've got it scheduled in, in Facebook. So they're not like big, time-consuming tasks, but I think it's just having the plan in place so that you're actually doing those things. Otherwise, I think it just, you put it out there and then you forget to do all of it and then you don't get as much out of it. Yeah, exactly. And having the checklist of going, okay, this is my week and every week I have one main piece of content and that main piece of content is in these places and then I'm taking these quotes from it or these audiograms or these whatever, and they're going to be put out on those days. And for me, that's what Saturday morning is. Saturday morning is... That sounds like a fun Saturday morning. Why the kids are asleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. But the the week gets too busy with clients. It's like, okay, Saturday morning, good. I can get up early. I can do my makeup. I can have my 15 outfits and (laughs) maybe not 15, maybe five. Um, so, yeah. so then, and then that's it. it. It gets, it gets pushed out to all of the platforms and I don't have to think about content again till, till next week. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really good. And so, uh, so obviously trying to get the most out of the content that we're, we're creating. And then I had somebody say to me the other day, how many calls to actions should I be putting out? Like I feel a bit salesy, like if it's on every post or if it's on everything that I'm doing. So what are your thoughts on sort of calls to actions so that obviously the content that you're creating is converting as well? Well, I think you can have little ones on most things where you're going, come over here, chat with me here, like do this, what do you, you know, and engagement you could have something on everything, but it doesn't have to be, by the way, I have a $500, you know, course over here. And that, cause that's annoying. So then normally once a week, um, my, my clients will do my service-based clients will do some sort of actual call to like, you know, this is what, you know, it's time to book a consultation basically and have one thing a week at least like that. And they actually see really great success from it because every other day of the week, they're giving, giving, giving. And so when they actually ask, people go, oh, that's how I work with her. And then they'll get the consults that they need based on that one ask. So it is really important and you earn the right to do that when the rest of your content, you're not asking for anything. You're, yeah. you're helping them and you're guiding people and you're, you're establishing your authority and, and all of that. Yeah. And I don't like the analogy, but it is kind of the old Gary V jab, 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 right hook where it's like, give, give, give. Although a punching analogy isn't the best analogy for that. Um, but, but yes, you give, 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 and then you also can ask. You've earned the right to ask, like you said. Uh, and I also think that when people are following you, they're following you for a reason. So they actually want to know like how they can work with you and what you do and things like that. So um, I know that when I put something out there, like whatever it is, you know, because it's not that often that I'm always selling a product, people like I get a really good response to it. So I think it's making sure that 
you understand that people want to know. Mm. So I think that there's definitely a feeling and I don't know if you find it with the clients you work with. I'm not sure because if they're trainees, maybe not, but you obviously do work with mums in business as well. But that feeling of um, not embarrassed, but just uncomfortable to do the call to action or to make the offer. What are your thoughts on that? What do you kind of say? Yeah, I, I totally see that because I do a lot of work with coaches and they love serving and they love helping people and they're really, really good at it. And that's what they're good at. And so the sales side and the marketing side is the bit that they need to learn. But I think, yeah, you do earn the right to to sell by by offering your services. And I don't think you can ever give too much for free. I think the more that you can let people know what, how you can help them and establish that authority, you're only ever going to set yourself up for success in that way because people will work with you. I mean, I'm talking about coaches, but people will work with you to get that accountability and that implementation, which they're not going to get from the free stuff. But how I normally speak to clients about this, and I was speaking to a group of people about this yesterday actually, is that if you know that you can move someone from the pain that they're experiencing, from the problem that they're in to that freedom that they're looking for, that solution that they're looking for, if you are great at what you do and your high value offer doesn't matter the price is the ultimate solution that they are looking for, then you kind of owe it to them to be telling them about it. Otherwise in six months time, in a year's time, they're still going to be, you know, unhealthy or in that bad marriage or overweight or struggling with their kids discipline or like whatever it is that you do. In, in, in my case, if people are still trying to figure out their marketing, they're going to waste lots of money and lots of time in the meantime. And I know that, and I know that I can help people. And if you're great at what you do, and you're really passionate about what you do, then you know you can help people. And so you need to go out there and help people. <laughs> and people yeah. You can't do that if they don't know what yeah. you offer. Yeah. I always love there was an analogy that I heard from somebody once and it was about sharing your brownies. And it's like you cook these dark chocolate, amazing, gooey, gorgeous brownies that smell so good and taste so good. But it's like you're keeping them to yourself. But it was all, share your brownies. Give them to people because people want them. I'm going to steal that one. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it. I think I heard it from Denise Duffield Thomas, but she heard it from somebody else. Yeah. And she's like, you know, share your brownies. Like you've got the goods. People want it. It's People like you're hoarding it. it and keeping it to yourself. Um, and so I think that that's such a mindset shift as well. Really yes. looking at what you have and understanding that the reason that you created it was because you saw a problem. This is the solution to the problem. And now you're not letting people know that you have this solution. So I think just, you know, instead of thinking that you're salesy, or that you're selling, think about the fact that you're sharing your brownies and telling people about the amazing chocolatey, gooey, like gorgeousness that is whatever your product is. And so I think that if you can kind of have that mindset, I think that it makes it so much more fun to sell and it makes it enjoyable to give people that solution too. So yes, well said. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag so yes. Okay. So good. That's great. So um, I think that that was great. Was there, was there anything else that you wanted to chat about there, Annalise? Or? 
No, I think that pretty much. Yeah. I I think we got it. Oh, that's so good. So some of the things to be thinking about, um, and I'm definitely going to be thinking about this with a new hat on, is the user-generated content and potentially looking at, is there something new and different I could do to get my um, clients to be sharing more of the stuff that I do and that we do together? So competitions, hashtags, um, and encouraging them to create content. We talked about going back to basics with the buyer journey, educating people around your differentiator and your values, um, being really efficient with your content management. So having systems and metrics and making sure that you're pushing it out and repurposing what you've got. Don't waste it. And then really looking at those metrics and measuring what's working and then making sure that you are sharing your chocolatey, gooey, gorgeous brownies um, with great calls to action. We covered a lot, Suze. Yeah, we <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Your work here is done. <laughs> so good. Awesome. Well, listen, it's so thanks so much for sharing. I've definitely, I'm definitely thinking about some new stuff after our chat. Um, so for those of my listeners who want to find out more about you, where is the best place to connect with you and say hi? So I'm on Insta at Annalise.warn. So you'll have to check out the spelling. Yeah, well, we'll have all the links in the show notes. But yeah, if you're walking your dog, you can check it out. Yep. And um, I'm in the social marketing method Facebook group as well, where I'm I'm live there every week with marketing training. So hop on over there if you want to come and chat marketing. Well, we'll have those links. And what about the website? AnnaliseWarn.com. Awesome. Okay. So we will have those three links in the show notes. You can go check them out. Go say hi to Annalise. If you enjoyed this episode, then make sure that you share it and tag both of us on the gram as well. Uh, But thanks so much for hanging out today. Really enjoyed our chat. Thanks, Suze. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. I really enjoyed that chat with Annalise and there were definitely some things I'm going to think about. Is there a way that you can get your users to create more content about you that you can then share as well? Uh, And then also just really thinking about that journey that you take your customers, consumers, followers, buyers on and how you are making that really simple for them and creating calls to action that obviously kind of trigger and spur them to take action and contact you as well. So some very good tips in there today, I thought. If you enjoyed this episode, then obviously make sure that you share it on the gram and tag Annalise and myself. Would love you to do that. If you're not subscribed already, then seriously, what are you doing? Let's get onto it. Hit that subscribe button. And I would love you to leave a review as well. I'll be sharing more reviews on the podcast and would love to give you a shout out if you do leave a review. But hey, that's it for another week. Thanks for hanging out. And until next time, make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.